0: we You won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like eagles, you are. You are the everlasting God. The everlasting God.
1: Thank you, Lord, for that strength that we get, Lord. Praise His name. Let's continue to worship the Lord this morning. You are beautiful beyond description.
0: For comprehension Like nothing ever seen on oh. And I stand in awe of you Holy God to whom all praise is due I stand in awe of you Cuz you are beautiful beyond description Yet God Crush you for my sin in agony and deep affliction ought that I might enter in. Who can grasp such tender compassion? Who can fathom this mercy so Lamb of God Who died for me And I stand, I stand Yes, I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand in heaven. See the rain
1: after we sing that verse, the Lord has promised good to me in that chorus, I'm going to ask Sandy to come. She's going to lead us in a corporate prayer for those that are sick among us. Those that are sick in our families, those that are sick in our community, those that are, we want, we want, how many believe that the Lord still heals? The Lord's promises are still good. Is the Lord's promises still good to us this morning? Amen. So let's sing that with some faith this morning. And after we get through the chorus, we're going to ask Sandy to come. The Lord has promised good to me my his word, my hope secures he will
0: Amazing love, amazing grace.
2: Hello, good morning. Oh, yes, my chains are gone. Can you say your chains are gone today? You've been set free. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus who has set us free. Oh Lord, just open up to us and grant us the vision of what all you have provided for us. As you gave your life for us. As you gave your life for us. Father, our focus this morning is healing. So many need healing. Healing of body, soul, and spirit. And so we just put on our armor this morning. Heavenly Father, we have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. We have our loins girt about with truth, the truth of the word of God. We have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We have the shield of faith, out in front of us hold your shield out this morning and all the wicked fiery darts of the enemy are bouncing off of it Jesus has given us the victory he has given us the victory he has given us the victory thank you Lord, thank you Lord you did not give us Jesus in vain Jesus was sent to us To meet the needs on our lives, to give us salvation, to give us hope, to give meaning to our lives. And Father, we stand this morning in the confidence that we read in the Word of God that we have been saved, we have been set free, we have been delivered, and we have been healed by the blood of Jesus in Isaiah it says he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed God's only son went to the cross for us and we can come before him With all the pain that is in our lives and get rid of it. Jesus cares. Our Heavenly Father has made every provision for us. Yes, in the last few weeks we've been talking about promises. When we see a promise in the Word of God, God is in that promise, God is that promise. When he says he will supply our needs according to his riches and glory, he means that. That is a promise from God. We can stand on that till the very day we die. God will provide what we need according to his riches and glory. Oh God, we are so grateful that you are awakening us up to the realization of who we are in Christ. We are not defeated. We are not defeated. We are the victors because Christ is a victor and he's given us that authority. As he left this earth, he told us to go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, Raise the dead. He gave us those instructions. He wouldn't have given us that if there wasn't power to do that. And God, today, we just lift up your name in this place. We are so thankful. We are so thankful. We are so thankful to you. Amazing grace has come to us. That amazing grace. Amazing grace from God. It's always a gift. We can't earn it. We don't have to work for it. That amazing grace, that wonderful gift from God. Yes, Lord. One scripture I want to share with you too is in Luke 137 for with God nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. And God speaks clearly that healing and deliverance are paid for at the cross. Yes, Lord. Does anyone desire a prayer for healing this morning? Please come forward. And the word says, if the elders will come together and anoint with oil the prayer of faith will raise them up and if they have any sins they'll be forgiven yes Lord I just praise you that we can come together and pray for those among us who may be sick ill and we can stand together and stand on his word because that's where the power is and we stand on his word this morning. Yes, Lord. Just come forward. If you want prayer this morning. Please come. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. I got it out for you. Thank you, Ed. Yes. Yes. Please come forward. Oh, Father, we just stand here declaring victory for these that are here. Declaring wholeness for these who are here. Carol, would you come forward too? And Lori, if you feel led, please come and help us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just declare today that healing is was absolutely in the atonement of what was provided for us at the cross. And we declare absolute healing from the bottom of these people's feet to the top of their heads. And Ed will anoint with oil and the prayer of faith. we'll do a miracle. Lord, we want a miracle from you. We stand on your promise, your promise that says, Beloved, I would that you would all be in health, even as your soul prospers. God wants us to be in health. He wants us to be well. He wants us to be strong and serving him with a strong heart. Yes, Lord. 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 Do you need healing for something today?
0: my chains, my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed
1: Jesus breaks every chain the power of Jesus breaks every chain Lord we declare that freedom this morning freedom in our health freedom in our finances and the freedom Lord miracles we pray in the name of Jesus Lord we pray and we come against depression and oppression we come against anything Lord any attack of the enemy that would s- seek to rob and steal our joy steal our strength of unity and love we kick the devil to the curb we declare your freedom in this place oh god free of free of the things of the world the tangling of the world lord when we and we, de- we just pray and we thank you lord for what you're doing here this morning hallelujah in jesus name in jesus name we come against all forms of illness and disease can't stand in the presence of Jesus.
0: Mercy Reigns Unending love Amazing grace My chains are gone My chains are gone I've been set free My God, my Savior Has ransomed me And like a flood His mercy
1: My chains, my chains are gone. Let's declare that this morning. My I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. My chains are gone. My chains are gone and they're broken. I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace, unending
0: love, amazing
1: everyone is still praying and everyone is still speaking against disease and still coming against the works of the devil and breaking the works of the devil for those that are still seated those that are still worshipping those that are still singing can we just declare that when we've been there 10,000 years can we sing that this morning when we've been there
0: when we've
1: been there
0: 10 thousand years bright shine as the sun We've no less days To sing
1: God's praise Than when we first begun Cause My chains are gone, my chains are
0: gone I've been set free My God, my Savior Has ransomed me And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace, unending love.
1: in the hearts of your people today knowing that God you are still good you are still good you are still merciful you're still compassionate hallelujah
2: We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your power manifest among us this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you have heard our prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. You are always faithful to your word. Your word says it never returns void. God gives out his word, and it does what he says it will do, and God's word heals us. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for your power, for your strength manifest among us this morning. I thank you that we can come to you. We can worship you. We can come in and be ministered to by your Holy Spirit. By your Holy Spirit thank you Lord we have victory over the needs presented here this morning yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord we say thank you thank you thank you God thank you God thank you God thank you God thank you Lord thank you Lord oh your word gives such meaning to everything we do we trust in you We trust in you, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, in the beauty of your holiness, we stand. We stand and give you glory, Lord. We give you glory. We give you glory in this place. We give you glory. We give you glory. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have a couple of needs that I want to bring forward this morning. One is a young man that is in our family. He is a nephew of my son-in-law. Has been diagnosed with a terrible disease. One that leaves him in absolute pain all day long. Started with a football injury. At 20 years old. He's now 23. He, uh, through a GoFundMe page, they raised enough money to send him to Kansas where he has been receiving treatment. But the treatment has been more excruciating than the pain he had. It's been discouraging. And this last week they had to stop the treatment because of the pain in his chest and danger to his heart. He's in critical condition, 23 years old. And I just ask our precious people here, would just raise him up this morning. Just raise your hand in contact this morning as I lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just stand before the throne of God and I lift up Jarrett Sec to you. I thank you, Lord that you have been with him every step of the way. I rebuke that disease that gives him such terrible pain in the name of Jesus, and I cast it out, and I command it to be gone and to stay away from his body in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, I just stand on your word that promises us healing, promises us wellness, promises us peace. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There is nothing too hard for you, Lord. And we just receive that healing for Jared in the name of Jesus. Father, meet the needs on his life today. Wherever he is, encourage his parents, his sister, the rest of the family. Father, speak healing and encouragement to them all in Jesus' name. And we will receive a good report from this. In Jesus' name, we will. Amen. We will. Amen. Yes, Lord. Name, yes, God, thank you. Thank you for healing, Jared. Thank you for healing him. Oh, God, the things that you bring in front of us. And this morning, uh, one of our people in pre-service prayer had mentioned our church. We should always pray for the healing and the bringing together. Of everyone in our church. Father, we just come against anything in our past that may have affected us in the wrong way. We just come against that in the name of Jesus. We have our armor on today, Lord, and we do battle for our church today. Father, I just pray for peace and unity and strength and courage as we go ahead in our community, in our church. Thank you, Father, for going through all of the things we've done and healing the places that need healing, healing the hurts, healing the discussions, healing the things that weren't harmonious anywhere. We just declare that healed in Jesus' name because we want to go forth. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, how we're thankful for your healing power. We are thankful that you are among us. Hallelujah, Lord. Our chains are gone. We've been set free. We've been set free to stand on your word, to take your promises and put them before us and walk toward that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for agreeing with us in prayer this morning. The word says, if two or more of you shall agree on anything, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. And we agree together and come together this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen.
1: Amen, amen. Amen. Can we just bless the Lord just for a while? This morning just a few more minutes.
0: Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, yes, the worship is holy. Sing like never before Oh my soul I will worship your holy name I will worship your holy
1: name Hallelujah We thank you Lord, we thank you Lord this morning You've set us free, you've saved us You've counted us a part of your family this morning. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. As was declared, there is nothing impossible with our God. And so, Lord, we anticipate great great things, great and mighty things, great testimonies and great reports. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love and your mercy bestowed upon us, Lord. And we just thank you, God, for what you're going to do in the remaining part of our our gathering today and, and through the week as well. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. Just a few announcements. Welcome to everyone this morning. Just a few announcements. Um, for those, I was really pleased on Tuesday night We had a good turnout for our, uh, our first Tuesday night uh, Bible study On uh, when God's people pray And uh, that's, that's a DVD driven study I'm just kind of facilitating, just kind of guiding the discussion along And um, so a good turnout, really pleased by that, really encouraged by that uh, some of the feedback received. So Tuesday night at um, please please note, and I think I made the change last week, but that will be at 6.30. So if you have a pen handy and you have your, your bulletin, if you could just mark that in uh, for 6, because it's 6.30 in the in the sidebar. Uh, in the middle it says 7, but it'll be at 6.30 just because uh, I have to slip away and pick my wife at my work. But that gives us an hour and a half and, and that's great. So Tuesday nights uh, 6.30 again we're going to be continuing with session uh, number two uh, on on Tuesday night. Also want to just uh, mention as well this is sort of new but on Sunday March the 4th and uh, I don't know about you but I feel blessed how many are here would say that there's food on the table. You've got some uh, you've got some clean socks on you found them this morning uh, and uh, you know the Lord's been taking care of you, so we just want to be a blessing to him and to honor the Lord with our giving this morning. So this morning, as we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, Positions and promotions, resources to go to the... I get that wrong all the time. Souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. So thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, that you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so that I might have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. And amen. Bless you as you give this morning. And uh, if you have your Bible with you this morning, if we could just turn into the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah, and I believe we got a title slide on coming up on the screen. So we're going to be spending some time in the book of Nehemiah in the coming weeks because Nehemiah is really a story of restoration, renewal, revival. How many think that sounds pretty decent? Restoration, renewal, revival. There's even repentance in there as well. But if you turn in the book of Nehemiah, we're going to get there in just a few moments. But how many have been watching, anybody watch, keep, um, keep their remote on like 101 and you watch CTV news? Anybody watch the news at all? CNN? Who are, who are news watchers here? Lift up your hand. How about radio? You listen to the news by radio. You read the local paper. How many would agree this morning that most of the news that we get really isn't very good? It's not really good news. When I turn on the news, and I like to watch the weather, so I like to find out whether I need to plug my van in or not to keep the engine warm overnight. I'm not really crazy over the sports reports because the Oilers are really having a rough time, and my favorite team, because the Oilers are my second now, um, I went that far. The Habs are just the pits. So there's not a lot of hope right now when it comes to playoff season. So the sports is the pits, the weather is cold, and the news really isn't that great. Have you ever noticed that, though? The news isn't well, I'm not trying to... Yeah, well, I'm feeling encouraged already. <laughs> but you know, the truth is... And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to paint a picture here for a moment. I'm trying to paint a picture here. That when you turn on the news, it seems like it's always bad. There's scandals among those who are powerful and rich, entertainment world, politicians... You turn on the news and you hear of school shootings. Senseless shootings in the schools. You hear reports of people who are committing suicide and there's murders, and it just seems like over and over that what's being reported through CTV or CNN or Fox or whatever you might be watching doesn't matter if it's Canadian, doesn't matter if it's American. There's not a lot of good news out there. Not a lot of good news. And when you go into Nehemiah chapter 1, you're going to find something similar. I hate to say this. It will get better, Lincoln. It will get better. If you know the story, it does get better. But it starts off on a pretty heavy note. Because if you go in here, you'll notice that, and give a little bit of historical background, you'll find that, the Jewish people they've been in, taken into captivity seventy years by the Babylonians then sometime later the Babylonian Empire was overpowered by the Persians and so we come to the point where we have the king of uh, Persia has come to power and he encouraged the Jewish remnant to return to their country and to their city of Jerusalem and there's about 50,000 of them that return But after opposition, they become very discouraged. They feel defeated. They feel like they have no hope. They failed to rebuild the temple. And of course, the temple, folks, is a tangible expression. If you know anything about the Old Testament, the temple was a tangible expression of the presence of the Lord. Very important when it comes to the life and the worship of the Jewish nation. And so God raises up. Prophets like Haggai and Zechariah to challenge the people to rebuild. Sixty more years passes by. And then there's a further section of Jewish people that returns under the leadership of Ezra to reestablish the moral and the spiritual life of the people. But when the Persian king first sent them back, they lacked the reinforcements to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And so they're in this point where now they feel afflicted and they feel shame. They feel ashamed. And so we come into Nehemiah chapter 1. That's giving a little bit of a backdrop here. But when you go into Nehemiah chapter 1, it says the words of Nehemiah, son of Hechaliah, it came to pass in the month of Kislev, in the, seventh, in the 20th year, that I was in Sushan, the citadel, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came with me from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped would survive the captivity and concerning Jerusalem so he has a brother that comes back and he's asking how are things at home how are things in Jerusalem and they said to me the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. Sounds like he's watching the news. It sounds like he's getting these here, here, how are things going? And it's really, really bad, Nehemiah. It's really bad. The people there are in, are in distress. The people there are in turmoil, the people you know the walls haven't been rebuilt, the the gates of the city have been burnt with fire and so the report comes the report comes and here's what it says and so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. So I just want to stop right there. Father, we come in Jesus' name and we just ask, Lord, you'd speak through this. You'd speak through this word today. That you'd give us guidance, Lord. You'd guide our minds. You would guide our minds, Lord, as we go through this. That, Father, that you would speak to our hearts, that we would see ourselves in the story. And as we see ourselves in the story, Lord, we pray that, God, that that you would give us clues. Perhaps the model that we see near Nehemiah here as he's, as he's walking through this turmoil and as he's coming to a place where there's a solution that's going to be presented eventually. And so God, we pray this morning that you'd speak to us, speak to our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so... I don't know about you, but... Um, I remember, and I'm going to bring this up. but I remember uh, on Wednesday. Actually, I'm going to go back two weeks. I remember about two weeks ago on Sunday, and then, then, and then about, a, uh, yeah, three weeks ago Sunday, and then two weeks ago Sunday. I don't know about you, but how many were in the service, and I'm just going to be honest and open here this morning, transparent, how many ever felt that there was, some, there was times when there felt like there was some heaviness? That there was some heaviness, that there was some discouragement? that was going on and in this instance here is Nehemiah and he's getting this negative report that the wall is still broken down that the gates are burned with fire it's a negative report it's a heaviness it's a discouraging time and I remember when we were sensing some of that. But I also remember when there was some action that was taken. And there was some declarations that began to be made. And there was some there was a, some folks that were around the front of the church and they were beginning to declare God's goodness. And God's compassion and God's power and God's mercy. And standing on the promises of the Lord according to His word. And they began to take action over that. Because how many understand that we don't have to put up with the shame. Or the distress. Or the broken wall. Or the gates that are burned. How many understand this morning... That one of the things that it should cause us to do is it should cause us to recognize that the situation is grave, yes, and it should cause us to motivate us to move into action. It should move us into action. And I saw this as a paradigm, as an example, when it was declared God's goodness and God's favor. And Lord, this is—we are coming against the enemy. And I want you to understand that, folks, that when people begin to pray. It changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I felt the atmosphere was changing. The atmosphere changed last week. And I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But the, one of the first things I want you to notice, and I've already highlighted, is that there's a report that comes to Nehemiah. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but who would, who would say that, that I got it pretty good in my life? who would would be honest to say, I got it pretty good. Things are fairly comfortable. I remember a friend of mine, and he went down to help build a church in Haiti. They were living in a modest home in Prince Edward Island. We were living in our 1972 Paramount mobile home wasn't even on cement cinder blocks we had skirted it in with plywood and painted it and it was the ugliest thing they didn't even want to bring it into town they said we're going to put up a roadblock we don't want to let it come into town because it is ugly we painted it up we made it into a christmas present one year didn't we We put red we red ribbon around it and all that stuff (laughs) but i want you to know yeah it was modest it was modest, but we were warm. We had food, right? So when the oil tank was good you know, and, and filled up, it was you'd be warm. We had clothes. We were comfortable. We didn't consider ourselves rich until my friend said, Steve, I was down in Haiti on a missions trip. And when I was down in Haiti on a missions trip, I realized just how rich that I am. He said, I saw a lady on the back of a pickup truck after a heavy rain, and she was bathing on the back of the pickup truck. He said, I saw children relieving themselves in the ditch. That was their washroom. He said, Steve, we got it good. We're rich, man. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. It's like, yeah, we actually are really comfortable. We have it good We have it good. And how many know when you have it good, sometimes blinders come onto your eyes to the needs of others. Because you're absorbed into your own life and your own schedule. And you get up in the morning and you can have eggs and bacon. And for lunch, you can have something that's fairly healthy and whatnot and supper the same and you can watch satellite tv if you want to you can relax in your living room that's warm and cozy and you have clothes to wear and shoes and aren't worn out and you drive a vehicle and the truth is that even those in our country who have who are living on welfare are among the top 5 in the world when it comes to their wealth top 5% we're rich we're comfortable And it's easy to get the blinders on. And Nehemiah, folks, was a guy who was living in comfort. Nehemiah was in the palace. Nehemiah's job, he was the cupbearer to the king. How many would agree that's comfort? You got a cushy job. You're working for the government, right? You've got the favor of the king. You're in the palace. You can't get any more comfortable than that. So he is in a place of position. He's in a place of influence. But it's interesting that Nehemiah doesn't totally have the blinders on. Because his heart, see his question to his brother. Shows us where his heart is at and where his mind is at, even though he has a position in the palace. And so when his brother comes, he says, He asks, How are things going back home? How are things in Jerusalem? And I can imagine the countenance on Hananiah's face as he came to Nehemiah and he explained to him, It's not good, Nehemiah. No, no, it's not good. The people there are in distress. The people are living in reproach. They are ashamed of the conditions in which they're in. Because the great city of God, the great city of David is in ruin. The gates are burnt with fire. It's not good. And so Nehemiah, whoa, I almost fell over that one. So Nehemiah, as you'll notice, even though he's in the palace, His concerns, folks, listen, even though he's in the comfort and even though he's in the palace, Nehemiah has a compassion for his own people. Because his concern here isn't so much about where he's at, but his concern is about the purposes of God. About the purposes of God. As I've mentioned before, most of us are here and we are living in relative ease, relative comfort. But can I challenge us this morning to say that that's not what everybody, that's not everybody's condition in our towns and our cities. There's people, I am sure right now, whose lives are like the city of Jerusalem The walls are in ruin. The gates of the city have been burnt. It's overrun by rubble. Their lives, they're addicted to drugs, addicted to gambling. Their families have been torn apart by divorce. They're living from Tuesday to Friday from the time the food bank opens to the time the food bank closes for the weekend. That's all that they've got. Young people raising their hands in a session where they have been contemplating suicide over the past short time. There are those who are suffering with depression, those who are abused, those who are living in constant fear and anxiety without hope of the future. Folks, can I say that that's the reality of a lot of people's lives right now? That's the reality. That's the reality. And so the question is, what did Nehemiah do? What was his response to the conditions? that he would heard about Jerusalem. What should our response be to some of the descriptions that I just shared this morning, which would be, things that will be taking place probably in most any town, community, city on our continent right now. Nehemiah's response, look what he says. Verse 4 again, he says, when I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and I mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the god of heaven what was it that made him do that what was it that caused him to weep what was it that caused him to mourn can i can i make a suggestion this morning that it was because it wasn't just a news report can i just say this this morning that there's times when i have watched world vision commercials. I've watched Compassion and I've watched on television paint the picture of the, of, of the poverty and the hardship. And how many, we don't need to have a hand raised here this morning, but how many times have we been able to sit and watch it and flick the channel and do nothing I'm going to raise my hand and say, many times I've done that. And there's a difference. Here's, here's what happens. Nehemiah, the reason why Nehemiah is weeping and the reason why Nehemiah is mourning and the reason why Nehemiah is fasting and praying is because the God of heaven placed a burden deep within the heart of Nehemiah for his people, a burden that caused him to cry, a burden that caused him to mourn, a burden that caused him to fast and to pray for a long time, because God, these are your people. God, this is your city. And Lord, something needs to be done about it. It reminds me of David Wilkerson when he stood there in New York City, Times Square, New York, and he saw the heroin addiction. And he saw, he saw the prostitution, and he saw the poverty, and he saw... Everything around him was in ruin. It was being destroyed. The devil was having a field day. And David Wilkerson, leaning against a wall, says, God, you need to do something about this. God, you need to raise up a witness in this place. God, there's people that are going to hell. There's people that are in Dying of, a, of, a, of drug addictions. There's people that are that are that are, are pri- in the prostitution, people being sold into, into, the, into the sex trade. Lord, you need to do something about this. And you know what God did? God got a hold of David Wilkerson's heart. And he said, David, you know the city. You know the needs. You know what's going on. And so, David, you do it. Can I suggest this morning? Holy Spirit, would you take the blinders off of our eyes? Because it's wonderful to come into a cozy Sanctuary It's wonderful to come together And to worship and to praise God It's wonderful to do that But I'm saying God You need to break my heart I've got it too easy Things are going along too well Lord would you break my heart Would you break my heart for those who are lost Would you break my heart for those who are addicted? Could you break my heart for those who are contemplating suicide? Could you break my heart for a generation that's growing up that's godless? Folks, they're not the prodigal son. I grew up in a generation where there were prodigal sons who who knew what it was like in the palace of the king or the wealthy landowner. They they understood what it was like to be in father's house, they they had a background. But now we've got prodigal sons that have stayed in the far off country and they've had children. that children have had children, and these are the people that are out there right now, they don't know what it's like to be in father's house. They know nothing of the robe, the sandals and the ring. They know nothing of the goodness of their father because they're so far away. And I'm asking Lord, would you break our hearts over this? Would you give us a burden? I remember in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, there was a number of women who who they realized that their kids were wayward now. And they were getting into all sorts of stuff that they, should, that they knew. They weren't raised that way. They knew right from wrong. They knew the dangers of, of certain lifestyles. And yet, they were getting involved in this and their lives were, were being in ruin. And no longer were these parents who used to be judgmental. Because folks, you know what it's like. You can have people say, oh, my kids would never do that. And next thing you know... What they go from being judgmental to being on their knees in a bird in a prayer and that's what they did they turned the prayer room on the Sunday and at four o'clock on the afternoon on a Sunday afternoon every, every before every evening service we had an evening service there probably about a hundred people showed up for the evening service there would be a number of women in that prayer room and they would be they would go to war. They had a Bristol board, and I forget how many names. It was filled with names and needs. And they went to war, and they did battle on behalf of their children and their grandchildren, believing that God would do something miraculous, that God could come to their rescue, that God could pull them out of the pit of sin and place their feet upon a solid rock. I remember when I was a kid... In, in, in a church, a little country church in East Green Harbor, Nova Scotia. We're talking, I always joke and say, it's on the suburbs of Lockport, population 600. So you know what that's like? That's in the sticks. But folks, I can remember when I was a kid, a kid, and it would be a Sunday night service, and they would have an altar call. And I want to tell you that with no word of a lie, that the whole front rows would be full. The front pews, because these would be pews, not chairs. So these, This area would be full, and so would the altar area be full. And there would be people moaning and weeping and crying out to God, God, rescue my children, rescue my grandchildren, save our community. Why? Because there was a burden. There was a burden. Now, I'm not, I'm not angry this morning, by, by the way. I just want to let you know I'm, I'm a little, I'm not angry. But I'm just thinking, Lord, if we truly want to change the atmosphere, if we really truly want to see souls rescued from the darkness, if we truly want to reach our community for Jesus. If we really want to see the devil kick to the curb. If we really want to see, and I've, I've heard many stories, and you probably have too. And I remember when I was a kid hearing a story, oh, the town drunk came into the church because he wanted to make fun of everybody. And the town drunk, and the guy who was known to be you know, cursed like a pirate and whatever the case might be, and the and the guy who would abuse his wife. And they would come and they would make fun of those Pentecostals because they, you know, they, they spoke in tongues and they accused them of rolling on the floor and everything else. They would come in and make fun, and you know what would happen? The presence of God would be so powerful, the presence of God would be so real that they couldn't walk out of the building the same way they came in. They walked out of there. I heard, unless I've heard the testimonies. Heard, I've heard, and it changed not just the, 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 the husband and the wife, but it affected their kids and their grandkids and, and, and the, the whole family, it affected them. I'm saying, Lord, will you do it again? would you do it again Lord would you Would you do what you did to Nehemiah would you, would you take every single one of us here that calls this place home and would you just as David Wilkerson would put it this way he said would you just baptize us into the anguish of God's heart that we would feel the way our father feels right now our father whose, whose heart is broken His heart is broken for the law. His heart is broken for those who are enslaved in addiction. His heart is broken for those who are without hope and they're thinking of taking a gift of God, which is the life that he has given them, and taking it away. For those who are poor, and you know this, and I don't have to do a large exposition on this, but folks, you know that when Jesus was in the flesh, walking the dusty roads of Palestine, that Jesus' heart was for those who were lepers, for those who were poor, for those who were ostracized and marginalized, those that nobody else wanted anything to do with, Jesus intentionally went to them. Because they were sheep without a shepherd. And he healed the leper. And gave him a new lease on life. And he he even, oh man, this is even getting worse. He even embraced the tax collectors. And what do they want to do with them? They want to spit in their face. They hated them. They were traitors. They were stealing. You think? Revenue Canada bad. This was way worse than that. Oh, yeah. And yet Jesus had Matthew as part of his entourage. And he went to Zappius' house for some muffins and probably a double-double. Because that's the heart of our God. That's the heart of our God. and Folks, that needs to be the response that we have. And I'm praying, Holy Spirit, would you, would you just, would you take the blinders off of our eyes and help us to see what you see? That when we drive down the streets of Vegaville, when we go into Walmart, when, wherever we go, could you help us to get the blinders off of our eyes that we can actually see from heaven's perspective? not from our perspective, but from heaven's perspective, that we would see the needs, that we would see where people really are at, and we say, oh Lord, break my heart. So that was his response. That was the news, that was his response. Very quickly, number three, I want you to notice a couple things. I want you to notice his prayer. I want you to notice his prayer. Verse five. Verse five. And, and I said, I pray, Lord, God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep the covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Verse 6, please let your ear be attentive, and your ears open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, night and day, for the children of Israel and your servants. This is intercession. He's not praying for himself. This is intercession. For the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. This isn't Nehemiah. He's identifying with his people. This is a corporate thing. Nehemiah is not just concerned with himself. He's concerned for all of God's people. And it says, We have acted very corruptly against you. We have not kept the commandments, the statutes, or the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the furthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Number one, really quickly, because this is a prayer of intercession. How many believe that intercessory prayer is pretty important if you want to see things change? Nehemiah sets a model up for us here. Number one, look at, what, look at what Nehemiah did. Look at verse five. I'm going to walk through this really quickly. Just a few things I want to highlight. Number five, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Notice what he says, you who keep your covenant. In other words, you are a Promise keeping God. Your word is yes and amen. We when we stand on the promises of what you have said, we can take it to the bank, we can cash it in, we will get a return. Why? Because it's God's word and He is a covenant keeping God. He's a covenant keeping God. So Nehemiah is focusing in on the character of God. God, you are good. God, you are just. God, you are righteous. God, you are faithful. And you know why it was so powerful last week? (laughs) It's because that's exactly what we did. We pulled out scriptures. Folks, that that Bible you got on your phone or on your iPad or if you got one that's got regular covers like, like my brother's got right here, that is a sure word of prophecy. Old Testament, New Testament. Sure word of prophecy. My Bible tells me that all Scripture is God-breathed. Amen? Paul writes to Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed. It is inspired of the Holy Spirit as he led men to write. Yeah, they had to move the quill on the scrolls. But it was the Spirit of God who inspired them sure word of prophecy and to us folks it is his covenant to us it is his covenant to us that demonstrates his character it demonstrates that he is great that he is awesome he is merciful he is powerful he is faithful and when we pray and we stand upon the promises of god we stand upon the will of god we stand upon his will can't go wrong. You say, Well, how do I want to know what God's will is? All you need to do is look at what He's already said. If you partner with the will of God, what He's already said, you've got something powerful that's unfolding. He's a redeeming God, He's a restoring God, He is a God who is faithful to His covenant, He's a God of love, He's one who desires to pull His people out of calamity. He's a God who hears the cries of our heart and his arm is not too short to redeem and to rescue. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Praise his name. And I say, Lord, would you do it again? Would you do it again and again and again? Hallelujah. Number two. Number two. It's a prayer of confession. Look at verse six. Please let your ear be attentive. And your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now night and day, for the children of Israel, for your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Now folks, this is confession that's happening. This is confession. It's not just for criminals, it's for us too. If we confess our sins, the Bible says, "He is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness." That's written to Christians. Because we still sin, amen? We're not perfect. You may have arrived yet. So when we're on the streets and we're seeing people in the mess, just remember, some of us were such as them, right? Some of us were in that position at one time. And if it wasn't for the mercy and the grace of God rescuing us, we'd still be there. But folks, this is a a prayer of confession. When someone said that confession is good for the soul, confession is like taking a backpack Opening up the backpack and taking all the ugly stuff that's out of there and taking it one by one. And itemizing it and saying, Lord, forgive me of this and and, and you spend a little time on it and then you take it with the next thing. So he's he's unpacking some of this stuff. And he's taking he's saying what we have done and what we haven't done, and we're taking responsibility for it. We we failed, Lord. We failed. We've acted corruptly. We failed to keep your commandments, your statutes. We we haven't we haven't been living a holy life the way that we should. And we recognize that there's consequences because you warned us of the consequences. You said that if we will keep your laws, that you're going to scatter us. But you also said that when we turn to you, you'll bring us back. And so, Lord, we're confessing. We're getting this out. We want to make it right. So he's confessing. Because we have a faithful God who is willing to forgive us of all of our sins. Cleanse us, restore us, and get us on the right track. Look at another thing, another thing. In verse 8, it's a prayer of promise. Look at this. Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out of the furthest parts, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. And so Nehemiah is conscious of the promises of God. God's grace, and as I mentioned, what He's saying here is He's saying, "Lord, remember, remember what You said. Remember what You have promised to us. You said, Lord. You said." And I remember, I remember a guy by the name of Peter Fenton, and Peter was—I mean, he really was uh, a live wire in, in the, in the And when we would go to pray, this is what how Peter would pray. He would say, "Lord." you said, and then he, dot, dot, dot. And so he would pray that. And he said, Lord, you said. And he would take the word of God. And just like the prophet was to take the word of God and put it in the face of the king and say, king, listen, king, this is what the Lord says. We we, we obey you, we keep your commandments, and guess what? You're going to get blessed. But when you start getting away on the wrong track, this is the consequence the Lord's covenant with. Well, that's what Peter was doing. Peter was taking the Bible, and he was saying, Lord, you see this? You see what you said? Lord, you said this, and so we're praying this way. Lord, you said this, and this is how we're praying. And Lord, you said this, and this is what we declare, because we know that you are a covenant-keeping God. Whew. I'm having too much fun up here. But notice the last thing. Fourth thing, and I close them with this: it was a prayer of hope and determination. The prayer it was a, it was intercession, it was confession, it was repentance, it was prayers of promise, but it was also a prayer of hope and determination. Look at verse ten. Now these are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O oh, Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant fail this day? No. Success. Grant your servant success. Let your, another translation, let your servant prosper. Check it out. Oh, Lord, I I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant. And to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear and let your servant or give your servant success, grant your servant favor. Not failure. Favor. Nehemiah is praying a prayer expecting God's going to do something. When we pray, are we truly praying expecting that God is going to bring us success? That God is going to bring us favor. That God is going to bring us prosperity. Do we really believe when we pray that? I sure hope that we do. And I don't know about if anybody's like, some, sometimes, sometimes I read the temperature better than I set the temperature. Anybody ever find that themselves? That you read the temperature better than you set it? What's the, what's the spiritual temperature in this room? And whoo, It's really low. It's cold as ice. I'm frozen. And then you get depressed and you get discouraged. Sucks it right out of you. Right? Life right out of you. Then there's time you walk into the room and it's like, what's the spiritual temperature? Boop! It's about 32 degrees. And man, it's hot and God's doing some great things. And you're encouraged. And you're on fire and you're all pumped up. And then the next time you're there, it goes right back down minus 30. 40, minus 42 wind chill. And you're reading the temperature. But can I make a suggestion this morning that Nehemiah was so disgusted, so upset, so mad, so I, I mean I really I believe he was I believe that he was he was torn up, but I believe he was also to the point where we have a hope in our God. And because we have hope, we can be determined. And we don't need to allow the situations around us and the circumstances to determine that we are just like yo-yo Christians. Right? Up and down. Up one minute, down the next. Up. Up. Controlled by our feelings. Controlled by the circumstances. Controlled by the spiritual atmosphere. But instead, Nehemiah says, let your servant have success. Let your servant it is a prayer. I'm going to ask Carol to come back to the piano, guys, back to the instruments. And whatever the Lord leads you to pray, or play, Carol. Maybe it's, oh, I don't know where to go, but I can tell you this. If we can end here, it started bad. It was bad news, right? It started off with the gates are, are burned with fire, the walls are down, people are in, in distress. And people are living in reproach, but here's where Nehemiah ends with his, with his prayer. That he's coming to the place where, Lord, I, I see a glimmer of hope. Can we stand together this morning? I see a glimmer of hope. I see a glimmer of hope. And because there's hope in our God. Because there's hope in our God. Folks, can I just say this right now, that there are issues in our community? And as I said, there's a lot of people right now that are broken. There's a lot of people that are facing a lot of problems. But when we partner with God and his purposes and his plan and his will, folks, and we pray a prayer of hope and determination, how many know that God is attracted to our hunger? God is attracted to our thirst. Can I ask you this? What is the basis of our hope this morning? Because if your hope is in me, it's doomed. Hello? (laughs) I've heard people say, oh, everything rises and falls on leadership. Well, I'll tell you something. Don't put your trust in people. Put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. He's the one who brings the success. He's the one who brings the prosperity. He's the one who brings our hope. And he's the one who can bring us encouragement and empowerment and determination to go the next step and to run the next leg of the journey. Nehemiah's story is a story of restoration, renewal, revival and renewal. And I'm trusting that this will be a story that's written here, is That we'll put our hope exclusively in the Lord and His power to do great and mighty things. Could, is that is that do we, do we believe that's true this morning did I just did I just preach a message to myself and if I did Lord may it stick my wife would be praying that right now Lord may that message stick okay because folks I'm'm I'm, 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 I'm confessing that I oftentimes read the temperature better than I set it so Lord help me set the temperature like a nehemiah help us set the temperature hallelujah hallelujah You got the the Lord cooking anything? Praise is rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's turn this place into a house of praise just for a few moments before we head out. Because this is more of a song of hope, right? Praise is rising. We can get that on the screen this morning. Hosanna. Praise is rising. Hosanna. Praise is rising. rising eyes are turning to you. Yeah, turn to you, Lord. We turn to you. Hope is stirring. Hallelujah. And hope is stirring.
0: Hearts are yearning for you.
1: Yes, we long for you. 'Cause when we see you, we
0: find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away.
1: Hosanna! Hosanna! Oh, you are the God who saves us and worthy of all
0: our praises oh hosanna hosanna
1: oh come have your way among us we welcome you here lord Jesus
2: let's make this a declaration
1: yes declare this. Hear
2: the sound of hearts
0: returning to you. We, we turn long to for you. you. Turn to you, Lord. Cause in your kingdom broken lives are made new. You make us new. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Of all our praises. Oh, Hosanna. Oh, Hosanna. You come come have your
1: way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Yes, we do, Lord. Yes, we do, Lord. Lord, you know the needs of our assembly. You know the needs of the lives that are present here this morning. You know every situation. You know every family. You know every need. You know every heart, God. And, Lord, you also know our community. You know every soul that's here. You, you know them by their name, and you know how many hairs on the top of their heads, Lord you know the struggles that they're facing you know where they're at and God I pray in the name of Jesus this morning that as we walk through the first chapter of Nehemiah and we've seen where he started and where he landed that God that we too would have a renewed hope renew hope within our hearts this morning and give us a determination a determination to pray, a determination to intercede a determination to keep pressing in. A determination to work together. A determination to build and to see restoration and to see renewing and to see revival and to see resurrection in our time. Lord, I just ask, God, that your power would be on display for all this community to see. And that, Lord, in so doing, you will get all the glory and the praise and the honor. Hallelujah. We praise you this morning. You are the God who saves us. You are the God who redeems and rescues. You are the God who brings success and prosperity. And we ask today, Lord, that you will help us, Lord, as we partner with you. We ask and we declare these these promises. We declare your goodness and we declare your mercy and we declare your faithfulness. That, Lord, this morning you have heard us, you have heard our cries, you have heard our hearts, and that, Lord, you will act accordingly because you're good. Is he good this morning? Is he good? Is he merciful? Is he compassionate? Is he faithful? If he's faithful this morning, could you shout amen? Could you just praise him this morning for his faithfulness? Praise Him this morning for your salvation. Praise Him that He's cleansed your heart. Praise Him this morning that He's given you a place, an inheritance among the saints. Give Him praise this morning for His word is yes and amen. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. praise. We praise You this morning, Lord. And we ask, God, that as we leave this place today that we will go, Lord, not with heavy hearts but with a renewed hope, renewed determination in the mighty things that you're going to do, the mighty things you're going to show us, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you this morning. God bless you. Put, uh, Make sure you shake someone's hand. Make sure you hug a neck. And don't forget tonight, for those that...